You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. And if you have a kid with questions, you yourself probably have questions like, how do I engage my child on hard topics in a way that is honoring to God and digestible for a developing brain and a childlike spirit? If that's you too, we're glad you're here. We don't have all the answers, and we won't pretend like we do, but we are grateful to know some really smart, godly people whose expertise is in the hearts, minds, and souls of little ones growing up in today's world. So, for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where He wants us to go. Enjoy the show. We're speaking to Dr. Chris Rapazzini today. Welcome, Dr. Yeah, thanks, Eddie and Lori. I'm glad to be on the podcast. And you can just call me Chris. I'm a millennial parent, just like you guys. So <laughs> let's just go with Chris. Sounds good. Chris it is. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, honoring your father and mother and what that looks like. Because um, an argument can be made that uh, culturally that looks different, right? And it's kind of a wide spectrum. So uh, Chris, what does honoring your father and mother mean? And if a child were to ask you, how do I honor my mother and father? What would you tell them? Yeah, that's a great question, Eddie, because I mean, you know, if you go to Sunday school, if your kids go to Sunday school, this is one of the first things that they're going to learn, right? Honor your father and mother. But what exactly does that look like? And what does that mean? And what does it even mean for different cultures and things like that? Um, And it's an important topic, I think, to, to address with your kids. In fact, um, with our, in our family, so I have a, we have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So a seven-year-old girl, five-year-old boy, three-year-old boy. And, um, in our family, we have pretty much really three rules and that's it. And all of these rules really point back to the first rule. And the first rule is this, and it's honor your father and mother. And really actually, and I'm not the first person to think of this, so I've you know, used this from others, but it's really honor your mother. And so my wife really <laughs> likes that rule um, because <laughs> we found out and we just discovered that all other rules and all of the ways that we want to kind of run our household reflect back to that first rule of honoring your mother honoring your father and mother. And so, yeah, what does that look like? Well, I mean, just in general sense, it means to respect, um, to appreciate, to love the things that your mother or your father love and, um, you know, treat those things and treat, you know, other people uh, with that honor and respect. So it does really just mean to kind of have a, a yielding attitude to your parents but interestingly enough, in the Ten Commandments, where we find honor your father and mother, that's the only one that has a promise attached to it. And oftentimes we don't learn that in Sunday school, but the end of that passage, the end of that verse is that your days may be long. Honor your father and mother that your mm-hmm. days may be long. And really what that means, what Moses is saying there is that you'll not just have a long life, but a a meaningful life or a flourishing life. And ultimately as parents and as a family unit, that's, that's kind of what we want. So yeah, I would say in a nutshell, it's just honor, respect, um, uh, love, you know, your parents and love the things that they love. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say honor your mother 
because um, I have a funny story about that. So my mom uh, used to tell me, you know, like you need to like honor your father and mother, you know, you need to be obedient and respectful. And uh, my mom would, I wouldn't say it's a threat, but I'm going to say it's a threat. She would say, you know, like if you're, if you're doing something you're not supposed to, I'm going to pray that, that the Lord keeps you up at night so you can think about it. <laughs> and keeps you up at night. I kid you not, it would often, it would, it would happen. It would <laughs> actually happen. It wouldn't happen like maybe the next night, but uh, yeah, uh, the Lord has very unique relationships with mothers. And let me tell you, there were times where I was like up at night. I'm like, why am I up right now? It's like two in the morning. And then I would always remember my mom saying that she would pray that the Lord keep me awake at night. So wow, honor your mothers, please. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, and you think about, I mean, what Moses is doing there, where we get this, you know, these 10 commandments and where we get this commandment from is Moses, right? He's bringing the people uh, out of Egypt and God then through Moses, through these commandments is he's giving them laws so that they can be a healthy society that loves God, loves one another, and they need some guidelines. They need some rules and this is the one that focuses on the family, right? The family mm -hmm. unit, because he knows as the fam, God knows as the family goes, so does the culture, so does the society, so does my people. And so he makes this emphasis, right? It makes it into the, the top 10, right? The greatest hits um, right. and honor your father and mother. And so that's why it's so important because God, he loves the family and um, he wants us to honor our, our fathers and our mothers. Yeah, kind of along with that, why why do you think God had Moses include this with things like don't murder and don't use God's name in vain, which seems so much bigger and feel like they have much more like catastrophic, you know, repercussions if you don't do it? Why do you think that this one is included with those? Yeah, well, um, I think that's a great question, Lauren. Um you know, what God wants in, in his people is happy, healthy families that are flourishing, that are loving one another, that are loving him. And there's some serious consequences. In fact, I mean, we don't talk about this in Sunday school, but in the same chapter that he gives these Ten Commandments, he gives some of the consequences if you don't honor your father and mother. And if you like talk back to them, it's like stone them to death, right? Now, we don't teach that to our kids. Maybe we should start yeah. doing that. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I, I, there's some severity behind not honoring your father and mother. Mm -hmm. But also it's because the way that we honor our father and our mother is also a reflection of how we are to honor our heavenly father and how we are to treat God, our heavenly father. And, and you know, the other thing that I think we need to talk about when it comes to this particular passage of scripture is it's not only for children who are honoring their younger parents or the young adult parents, but it's also about young adults or adults who are to honor their elderly parents. And again, it's part of a healthy society to do that. And perhaps actually one of the best ways we can teach our younger children how to honor us as like i said i'm a millennial parent um is that we demonstrate that on how we honor our aging parents for instance i remember as i when i was a kid my dad um we grew up in florida and his parents my grandparents moved from uh, from michigan down to florida 
and they had a little condo in Florida. And he would, I mean, he would check on them, you know, on his way to and from work. He would go over, cook meals for them. Um, when my grandfather got Alzheimer's, he would come over our house and we would watch over him. We'd watch after him. And my dad just demonstrated for me what it means to honor your parents throughout your long life, right? And so then that gave me an idea of how, as a child, I ought to honor my parents mm -hmm. as well. So I think a lot can be caught, if you will, mm -hmm. in the way that our kids can honor us when they see us and how we honor our parents. Yeah, I think I think sometimes when we think of honoring your father and mother, we just immediately go to obedience, yeah. right? And that's part of it, right? But it's not. But it's not the whole picture. It's more than that, right? So it's it, it's a lot more than just being obedient. So, like, how do we how do we create room for curiosity and questions while also encouraging respect and honor? Huh? You know, Eddie, I think you're right. I think curiosity curiosity is the key to small children, right? Because they're already curious. I mean, that's why they put things in their mouth. That's why they continue <laughs> to climb up the stairs when you tell them not to climb up the stairs, right? They're just curious about everything. And we do want to instill in them a sense of wonder. Um, and I think that's healthy, but it's also we need to explain to them why are they curious and why, why do they wonder about things? And perhaps it's best to say, Things like um, let's let's explore God's creation together, right? And so, for instance, I mean, a small example is I remember we were flying um, when we just had one child, so she was probably two, and um, it was her first time in the airport, right? And of course, we get through security checkpoint and everything. We're kind of waiting for our gate. So, what do you do with the kid while you're waiting for your flight to take off for an hour? And you know, and she wants to walk around everywhere. Now I could have said, no, you need to stay here because we got to wait for our flight. But to kind of encourage that sense of curiosity and wonder, and I don't even know if she remembers this, right? She's two, but I remember it vividly because it was, hey, let's, let's make this a game and let's just explore because there's so much in this airport that we've never seen before. So where can we go? What can we do? Let's check out. And, you know, she'd check out, you know, whatever, some of the seats or some of the, a different, you know, hallway. Oh, but we can't go down that way because it's restricted for us or something like that. Uh, let's, you know, walk over to the food court and just explore and wonder with them. Um, but knowing that, hey, we're in this together and, you know, will, will they honor us? Well, yes, I think they will. But it, you know, it takes some handholding as well as their age, you know, I think makes a big difference on, on how to teach honor, you know, to your kids. Yeah. I think with our son, we're really in this stage of, you know, he wants to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And it's like, he really fights us on that. That's like what threes are. Everyone says, you know, there's like people say the terrible twos, but I really think it's coming around that three is much worse. And because they <laughs> just really know what they want. Yeah. And they know that they're not getting it. Yeah. And so I feel like we have the like the conversation like 50 times a day with our son is, I know that that's what you want. I know that this is what you want to do. 
sometimes mom and dad do know what's best for you. Mm -hmm. And you just have to like listen. And I feel like we try really hard to explain why we're doing the things that we're doing. And in trying to, you know, also respect him as his own person. Like, I'm going to respect that you have this question or you want to do this thing. But also sometimes we just have to do what mom and dad say because mom and dad just kind of know what's best for you. But I am going to take my time, if I have it in the moment, to explain to you why I'm doing this or like why this is the answer. No, you can't have a bedtime treat because we just went to the ice cream store. So you just had a ton of sugar and we can't, you know, go to bed with ice cream and a bedtime treat. (laughs) So because that's not good for our bodies. I'm not just saying no just because I'm saying no. There is a reason that I'm saying no. And I feel like being able to explain to our children our answers and why we have those answers allows them to also feel empowered and respected in our answers while also saying you still have to like (laughs) listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think giving them an answer and it depends on their age, right. And what they can comprehend, how, how deep that answer can be. But I think, I think actually giving them an answer actually empowers them to then be able to make Mm -hmm. wise choices in the future. Right. So that you, so that they know there is a reason behind this because for parents, it's so easy to say, because I said so, right. Because I'm the adult. Um, but unfortunately when we do that, we're, I mean, essentially we are making an argument from authority, which we are, Mm -hmm. we have the authority, right? I mean, if the police show up to your house, they're going to say, Hey, who's in charge here? And we are in charge because we have the authority to, you know, that has been given to us. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, um, we're trying to teach our children, not just to obey authority, but to make wise decisions so that when they mm-hmm. get older, um, they'll be able to make the right decision. Right. And, but yeah, like, like we mentioned, I mean, the age is, is interesting. We, what my wife and I did was we, we, and we learned this from others, but there's different stages of, you know, the childhood and what you're trying to do in each different stage. And for us, um, for like infancy to about like four or five year olds, they're in the stage of disciplining. And that's what we try to focus on is we are just disciplining. And those days are long. They're hard because you're just getting the same answer. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I, you know, and you just are disciplined time out, time out, time out, you know, whatever. And then there's the second phase between five and 10, 12 is um, this stage of training where the disciplining Mm -hmm. is, is done and you're working more towards, okay, this is, Um, more of the, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Right. Um, and it's so cool because actually we have a seven-year-old now, so she's really out of the disciplining stage and we really don't have to discipline her. We don't take things away or, you know, put her in timeout or anything like that, but she's more of the training stage. And then the teenage years are more of the coaching area where you're kind of on the sidelines, but you're just kind of guiding, Mm -hmm. nudging, pushing. And then 18 and over is really the friendship stage. And that's mm-hmm. where, that's really what the goal is, right? Is that we can have, we can be friends and have a healthy relationship as adults. So, yeah. but when they're in that disciplining age, yeah, it's hard to, to, to have them show honor to you and your spouse without the, you know, the, just losing it, right? The disciplining. Yeah. It's a hundred times a day. If you do that again, I'm taking it away. 
if you th- hit me again, you need to go sit in your room by yourself and cool off. Yeah, we had that. Here's a short story for you. Just the other day, our kids were playing in the living room and um, they were were playing with the, the throw pillows and they thought it was a literally, you know, they took it literally, <laughs> throw pillows, right? And we've oh. told them many times, several times, particularly our youngest, he's three, um, he's almost four. You know, you can't throw these pillows. In, per- in particularly, there's a few that my wife has that um, have tassels on the corners of them. And he likes to take those and just hold onto the tassel and, like I said, throw the throw pillows. And so they were playing in there while we were cleaning up after dinner. And then I go out there and I notice that he has ripped the tassel off of the corner of the throw pillow. And so I, hey, what happened here? It broke. Okay, you need to go sit in timeout. And so he goes, sits in timeout. The other kids, okay, you need to go elsewhere, you know, go in the basement or something like that. And so they go down to the basement. So after a few minutes of timeout, I go over, his name is Graham. And I go over to Graham and I said, Graham, do you know why you're in timeout? Because I broke the pillow. Well, it's not just that. It's because I, we've asked you not to throw the throw pillow. And when you broke it, you didn't tell us that you broke Mm -hmm. it. You were trying to hide it from us. And it's intuitive for kids. It's intuitive for adults to hide things that we are ashamed of doing. And what would we want him to do? Well, if he breaks something, we want him to be honest and be truthful and just tell us that. And so I told him, okay, so now what you need to do is you need to go take the pillow, bring it to mom, tell her you're sorry for it. And if she cannot fix it, tell her that you will buy her a new pillow with your own money. He doesn't have a lot of money. I mean, he's got, you know, he does like, he tries to sweep and dust and gets a few quarters out of it, right? Or whatever. But he he understands the concept, probably because his brother and sister, of having money so that he can go buy toys, right? Mm-hmm. Doing things so that he can be rewarded, so that he can go, go buy something that he wants. And so, because when he doesn't, when he's not honest and when he disrespects the things that mom likes, it breaks the relationship mm-hmm. or it tarnishes or tears mm-hmm. apart, tears at the fabric of what we want, and that is a healthy relationship between children and their parents. And so he grabs the pillow and the tassel in the other hand, brings it to mom in the kitchen, you know, sorry for, no, no, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry for throwing the pillow. And then he starts to cry and he, well, he starts to whimper really. It wasn't just a cry. Like I want to, you know, get out of this situation, but I think the gravity of the situation when he started to have to say, and I will pay for it with my own money. And he still got the words out. So I think that kind of communicated that, okay, he was sincere about it, Mm -hmm. but it showed that, okay, with him, you know, not loving the things that mom loves, and it's not just that she loves pillows, but you know, a a house that's tidy and things like that. He was showing dishonor or disrespect but by apologizing and sacrificing something that he has was significant enough for him because he he realized he needed to restore that relationship that he had with his mother. And, um, you know, so he said, then I'll, I'll pay for it. And so, of course, then they hugged, they embraced. 
and she ended up sewing it back on or whatever. But I think that that small little thing, mm-hmm. it, you know, and then three seconds later, he's running off to play with his siblings, you know, <laughs> and you have these just small windows that you have of these yeah. teaching times um, that we're trying to instill in the children, right? To honor your mother and your father. Yeah. And we talked about earlier how, you know, being able to just say, do this because I'm your parent and I said so, or having, I just want you to be obedient. And I think Eddie and I have similar, but like different upbringings in that way, where my Mm. family was a lot of, you're being disobedient or you need to be obedient. And I like that, those phrases are very ingrained in me. And we're currently living with my family and I've heard them say that to our son too. And even I think before we had a child, I felt like, I don't know if I want to just teach my child just to be obedient for being obedience sake. Because what if there's like scary adults or like scary authoritative people? I don't want you to just like be obedient. I would want you to think about what they're asking you and be able to have, you know, like you said, wisdom to make decisions wisely and to understand what this person is asking you and like what you know to be true of what God asks you or what of what your trusted parents and authorities ask you. And then Eddie, if you want to share like how you, how your family kind of makeup took that. Yeah. My, my upbringing was a lot of the, you need to do this because I'm your parent or this is the way it is because I said so. And it wasn't just like during like elementary age, Mm -hmm. it was like through even my teenage years, right? Like Mm -hmm. once you're a teenager, you, you, you have a pretty good sense of, how the world works, you know, to, to, to some degree, of course. Um, and even like through those times of like my life, everything was just like, well, I'm the parent and you need to listen to me because this is how things are. And, and I think there, again, depending on like age and context, there is a time and a place, yeah. right. To, to kind of exert that and say, Hey, like, this yes. is what's going on. Yeah. You know, you may not understand it right now. One day you will, but this is what it has to be. You know, um, but like now with our son and how we've decided it's like, hey, like it's I think it's really valuable for him to begin to understand, right? Like cause and effect or hey, when you do this, this is what's going to happen. Or we're saying no to this because of, you know, because of this. And and in most cases, it actually helps him uh, like in the moment or maybe just like helps him kind of like regulate what he's feeling when he kind of like kind of somewhat understands Mm -hmm. and so um yeah it it was it's always kind of been a uh a a long journey with the you know i I told you so thing but again i i understand that there's a time and a place for it but i don't think that should always be the end all be all in every parenting situation yeah i feel like if you have the time to explain which is you know having the time is hard to find as a parent of small children but if you have the time to say like i know it's hard i know it's tough but here's the why and you know god gave us to be your parents and you have to trust that we are also following god and we're doing the best that we can to also honor god and respect god of what he's asking of us as your parents we're doing the best that we can so you have to like trust us as mom and dad that yeah. I know it may not sound fun, but we're doing the best that we can too. And we're doing the best that we can to honor God in our parenting. Yeah. And sometimes it's also the time, but also like the emotional capacity, uh-huh. right? Because like sometimes yeah. like you're in like the heat of the moment and you're trying to explain and like your emotions are high and their emotions are high and like nobody's getting anywhere, <laughs> you know? And like, that's also like, again, like a, a part of it too is like, 
when is like the 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 good time or the right time right because again especially with like a younger child who yeah. doesn't you really understand emotions like you, there is no yeah. like oftentimes a good time but yeah right yeah well and i think um asking them questions mm-hmm. um is a great teaching time a great opportunity too and even asking them questions that they know the answer to mm. because then you can ask questions that they don't know the answer to and then you can answer for instance um, you know, when you're driving or right before you drive, you say, why do we need to buckle up? Mm-hmm. And most kids, I think, you know, at a certain age, they'll be able to answer that. Well, because if we get in a car accident, we will be safe. Or why do we need to sit down when it's dinner time? Mm-hmm. Right. Sit in our, you know, sit on our bottoms. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so that we don't run around and, you know, fall or choke ourselves. Right. You know, why do we brush our teeth? in the back, right? So they know these answers. So then when the time comes and they don't know the answer, we can ask them a question of, you know, why is it important that we go to church? Mm. I don't know, you know, and then you have time to be able to ask them or answer them, you know, if they don't know, or they might give some, well, because God told us to, right? Or because we have to, well, no. And then you can give them, you know, a short, again, depending on their age, an answer that's satisfying about why we go to church or why we do our chores or things like that. So I think giving the opportunity to respond to Mm -hmm. the questions that they do know, allow for more opportunities to respond to questions that they don't know to answer the why. And I think we find that with God, too. Like, sometimes we have to do what God asks us to and we don't know why. (laughs) Like, I don't know why God has this for me. I don't know why he's asking our family to do this thing, but I am sure that he's asking us to do it. And a lot of times it's like the answer comes later or we, we, the answer is revealed to us later if something like comes to light or whatever. And even in like the story of Jonah, it's like, he's like, why are you sending me here? I don't want to go here. I don't want to do this. This is stupid. You're being mean to me. And God is like, I don't really care. (laughs) You're still going to do it. I know that you don't want to do it, but you're still going to do it do we find in the story of jonah that god also like you know asked questions of jonah like do you not trust me are those kind of questions in there too yeah um i think you definitely see in jonah i mean he's he's scared right he doesn't want to go to nineveh he's fearful of his life and he's he's really being a selfish child Mm -hmm. right at that point and yet he doesn't and he's yeah he's not honoring his heavenly father mm-hmm. by listening obeying by trusting in god that god has his best for him mm-hmm. and even when he's on the boat you know and even when the storm <laughs> comes he's still not honoring him yeah even when he's drowning right he's really still not honoring him until he's pretty much you know he's got seaweed around his neck he even says in in, in his prayer um that god that he finally um gives you know gives in to to god's um will for his life and and thankfully he did right mm-hmm. because then you have all these people in Nineveh who quickly repent and um but Jonah's yeah Jonah had a a weird relationship with God mm-hmm. you know that continued all the way to chapter 4 yeah but you do but you do you see examples of like that all throughout the bible you know you think of like Abraham and Isaac and mm-hmm. Abraham trusting God. Why yeah. do I need to take my son up to, you know, the altar? You know, I think of Joseph 
right? And he's in the pit and then he's in Potiphar's house and then he's in jail and like, what? what? What's going on, God? Why are you taking me away from, you know, my father, my family, my nation? Now I'm a slave. Now I'm a, you know, convicted convict, even mm-hmm. though I didn't do anything. And now I've been forgotten in prison by the cupbearer. But the whole time, you'll notice too, that the Lord was with Joseph in all of those mm-hmm. situations and all those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And he trusted him through that. Yeah. You know, Even so. like Job. Yeah, Job. Job. God is like, do you not trust me? Do you not know who I am? Yeah. Like, don't yeah. you know that I'm going to take care of you and that I know what's going on in your life? I'm not absent, but that I know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to, you know, parenting, we can remind our kids in some sense, some of these stories, you know, if they've learned these Bible stories in our reading times or at school or in Sunday school, you know, remind them like, Hey, you know, Joseph, Jonah, whoever, Abraham, they didn't know Mm -hmm. Job. They didn't know everything or they couldn't understand everything at that point, but one day they would understand it completely. And what was important though, is that in the moment, they trusted God. Mm-hmm. And so you might not understand everything right now. You might not understand why we do the things that we do as a family, but yeah. hopefully one day you will. Yeah. So, so, so with everything that we've talked about today, what would be one thing you would want children to know about honoring their parents? Um, well, I think that I would say honoring your father and mother is a reflection, ought to be a reflection of the relationship you have with your heavenly father and how we ought to honor him. Um, And we know that our heavenly father has our very best in mind and in store for us. And so do your heavenly parents, I'm sorry, your earthly parents, because your heavenly father has given you Mm -hmm. these earthly parents to love you more than anybody else in the world the the main responsibility he could have chosen anybody in the world but he chose your parents to love you and um to help you grow into a mature loving adult and christian mm-hmm. i think yeah maybe in a nutshell i'd probably boil it down to that yeah that's good thank you so much for your time with us and sharing your stories with us and your knowledge with us um we do like to end every episode with a liturgy that Eddie leads us in. Yeah, so you could join us uh, in our benediction. Great. To him who is able to do far more than we can understand, may he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love God above all else and love others as themselves. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you again, Dr. Rapazzini, and thank you to the listener. Episodes drop every Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe and follow and leave a review for us. That really helps us out. So we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.